0: Welcome, everybody, to the seventh episode of the second season of Pet Talk. Today, we're joined by Joe Seddon, uh, CEO and founder of tutoring platform Zero Gravity. Uh, Joe, you were recently named in the Forbes 30 Under 30, so tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get there?
1: Great. Cheers for that intro, Adam.
0: Um, Yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy
1: journey uh, to date. So I originally grew up in a small town in West Yorkshire called Morley, which is between Leeds and Wakefield, one of those parts of the country that most people probably couldn't identify on a map and you know, political analysis would refer to it as part of the Red Wall or a town in post-industrial decline. But to mm-hmm. me, it was it was home. And uh, I grew up in a single parent background. My mum was a speech therapist in the NHS. I kind of made the academic social mobility journey from state schools to University of Oxford where study PPE, like you. Uh, didn't <laughs> want to be a... An aspirant politician, unlike uh, some people, did the course. But I was always interested in a broad range of subjects, and just what kind of wanted to understand how the, the world works, really. And mm-hmm. then after university, I you know, founded as uh, Zero Gravity out of my uh, student bedroom. And I always wanted to be a tech entrepreneur, and on my own journey, I saw firsthand just how difficult it was for young people like me from you know, small towns to break into elite institutions. And I wanted to you know build technology to try and do something about that problem and they find a better way to identify talent from all backgrounds in the UK and really mm-hmm. propel it into elite institutions, whether those be no, universities or employers. So just got going from a bedroom with a final 200 quid of a student loan, but the organization's you know, grown rapidly uh, since then. There's 25 of us now full time uh, in working in central London, We've supported over 8,000 students from disadvantaged backgrounds into leading universities. And they're working with a number of the top employees in the UK now to really break down some of those barriers that get people into elite careers. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind. They're starting something very much as a bedroom Pretty startup quick. and now and now being sort of like a real you know, CEO, I suppose, of a, of a business. Mm. Um, but it's been really enjoyable. And I think the thing that really motivates me is just the kind of mission and purpose behind the business. And you know, it's about they're giving a... Uh, you know, identifying the most talented people in the country, who currently a lot of people are falling through the net because of just the way the system is broken. But I don't mm-hmm. think the way that things are is the way things have to be. So that sort of gets me out of bed every morning. Yeah.
0: So then, uh, so moving back to to you know the product of which you're a founder. Then, so uh, you know, for people who aren't familiar, you know what what exactly is Zero Gravity?
1: Sure. So at the core, we're a tech platform that identifies talented students from disadvantaged backgrounds and then provides them with the the mentors, the masterclasses, and the kind of membership community to break into top universities and careers. So the kind of traditional journey of a student on our platform is, you might be a 16-year-old in Sunderland, you're on the bus on the way home from school, you're on TikTok, and on TikTok flashes up a video from a zero-gravity member who's you now talking about their experience, talking about how they got into a top university that they just never thought they would get to at the age mm-hmm. of 16. And that sort of provokes your, your intrigue and interest, and then you can sign up to our website in two minutes. It's a very quick, simple application process, just like signing up to Facebook or Instagram. Our algorithm then looks at your data and essentially tries to work out, are you somebody who is an overperformer versus your backgrounds? Now, are you someone who's kind of got – all of the minerals to break into a top institution, but probably needs a little bit of support to get there because you might not be mm-hmm. getting that from, you know, your family, your school, your local area. And then through our platform, you know, you get connected with a mentor who can help you get into that institution, get access to the live and recorded content on the platform delivered by experts and yet mm-hmm. to connect with other students like you, the you know, ambitious people who want to you know, get into a certain university or study a certain subject so you don't feel like you're alone. You know, there's people you know, who are on that same journey as you who can sort of you know, share tips, share their insights, and also just give you that kind of you know, courage and motivation to keep going, even though the journey is uh, is is difficult. So that, in essence, is how the platform works. The core concepts are simple, but the tech we've built really is the thing that makes it, it possible. You now We've got you know, tens of thousands of members on this platform mm. now who've been on that journey uh, with us, and we want to continue to scale because ultimately... I don't think the background you're from should be a barrier to you reaching your potential. And even though that is kind of one of the almost assumptions of most people in life, that that is just the Mm. way things are, I I don't think things have to be that way. And technology has disrupted so many other sectors. 20 years ago, it would have seemed baffling that you could get a takeaway there to your door in 20 Mm. minutes or that you could click a button on your phone and have a car pick you up from outside your house and take you to the other side of the city. That would have been baffling to people 20 years ago, but businesses like Deliveroo and Uber have made that happen. Why can't we have a similar tech solution to identifying and incubating the very best talent from all backgrounds? So that is mm. the kind of mission behind Zero Gravity and, and
0: what we do. I mean, I think, you know, everyone would agree it's it's, it's a brilliant mission. And, you know, stayed stay on the question of the mission of Zero Gravity. So when... When I was first, you know, if, I, if I'm if remembering correctly, when I was first introduced to zero gravity in sick form, I believe I was in my first year of sick form, which was uh, in 2019. It was called, was it 2019? It was still called Access Oxbridge. Um, yeah, absolutely.
1: So when I first launched zero gravity, um, it was called Access Oxbridge because at the beginning we just, Uh, focused almost like a pilot of getting students into oxford and cambridge university because Mm. like i said i started the business out my bedroom with the last 200 quid of my student loan i was doing it as a one-man band so we didn't have unlimited resources so what i wanted to do was almost build the kind of minimum viable version of what i wanted to create and kind of prove that it works That prove that we could identify these incredibly talented students in school and prove that we could then break them in to top unis. And Oxbridge was an ecosystem that I knew really well because I'd studied Mm -hmm. there myself. And I knew that Oxford and Cambridge universities had a massive issue when it came to getting people from underrepresented backgrounds into those institutions, especially students from the north of England. So I thought, if I can kind of prove it at those two universities first, then that will just be such an incredible proof of concept. And also the media are obsessed with oxbridge as well i thought if i can really crack the oxbridge code that is going to get me so much kind of coverage and interest in what i'm doing but i'll then be able to scale the business to support students into all the uk's universities and and that's what happened so in 2020 we sort of pivoted beyond just focusing on getting students into oxbridge to helping people into all the uk's top universities
0: yeah. So, was the name change then more just motivated by like the scalability, or did it also reflect a change in your mission?
1: Yeah, it it, it reflected the fact that we were going beyond focusing on breaking people into just two institutions to you know, mm. focusing on not only getting people into all the UK's universities, but also looking beyond that into careers as well. Mm. So that that was almost that was always my vision when I started the organisation. But I I called it Access Oxbridge originally because I just wanted to almost pilot the idea. Yeah. first and, and and with the pilot i thought that was a sort of simpler uh name like it is what it says in a tin uh really which is why i went for the name and and, and we sort of rebranded to zero gravity because you know it had, had the broader the broader focus and i also wanted to create a brand that really resonated with young people and when i sort of spoke to a lot of young people on our platform a lot of them Describe the kind of barriers that were stopping them breaking into elite institutions and unlocking their potential, almost like a invisible, intangible form of, of gravity. It mm. was like, you know, people had financial concerns, they were, they think they didn't have the right mentors, the right knowledge, you know, their family was putting pressure on them, and they were just naturally losing motivation at school. All, all those things together almost felt like a massive Know, weight on their shoulders and you know, pinning them down and I thought that the gravity metaphor was quite powerful and what I really wanted to do was was kind of get rid of that gravitational force of people and that's where the kind of zero gravity name came mm. from it's a metaphor and, and ultimately what we do is is not just about giving people the kind of knowledge the skills the guidance but it's making people feel more confident they're confident mm. in themselves and their ability to really you know do something that would have appeared impossible or you no know, exceptional when they're you know, growing up because once you get into your slipstream and you get a couple of wins there's uh there's no kind of uh barrier to how far you can you can go i've kind of witnessed that in my own life when i was 16 it would have been you know, completely unfathomable to think that i could be running my own business or you know, named in the Forbes 30 under 30 list
0: mm. but you
1: know, those things have now happened because I, you know, I just was lucky that i managed to get into my my slipstream, and that is the kind of thing I want to really do for all members on the Zero Gravity platform. And they kind of prove that. And you know, where you're from doesn't have to uh, pin you down.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've I've seen that personally coming from, you know, a working class background, uh you know, uh, from an area where there is, you know, a lot of you know a lot of poverty. Um, you do see people who are who who are you know tagged as you know gifted and talented or you know naturally bright you know say in primary school or you know the early early years of secondary school you know end up falling victim to sort of those like pre-existing socioeconomic class structures um so it, it it and it is needed um you know for a lot of kids that they need something to to help push them and to help you know just to broaden the perspective as well you know because you see like a lot of people uh you know the the only you know, sort of know what's around them. You know, did you know? Uh, you know, not knowing what opportunities op- opportunities are out there in terms of moving on to higher education and then you know pursuing um, you know elite careers. Um, so, why do you think then that social mobility is so important, specifically in academia, as that is where, you know it started in the university. Obviously, now it is expanding to careers as well. But you know, at the at the crux of the of the zero gravity platform, it is academia.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think social mobility is really important at the sort of level of higher education for a number of different reasons. I think the principal one is just a sense of social justice. If you live mm. in a society where the background you're from can fundamentally stop you from breaking into a certain type of university, that is a very unfair, unjust Society, yeah. And ultimately, I think most people want to live in a world where, you know, talent, hard work are awarded, and there is some degree of meritocracy. So I, I think that the number one reason is, is social justice. But I think that the second reason, and this is something that doesn't always get spoken about quite as much, is that ultimately, universities are gatekeepers to opportunity. Yeah. Employers still look at you know, university as a, as a key kind of signal of someone's, you no know, talent and competency. You now, university is something that you know, people use to sort of form a perception about an individual and universities themselves, you know, a university campus, the people you meet, speak to, who can be part of your network. All those things open up opportunity to you. And if you don't, uh, if you only have a very narrow group of the population who are able to access top universities and get access to that opportunity, that's going to cause more issues down the track because if universities are the gatekeeper and only a small proportion of populations get access to those top universities, that's going to have an impact on outcomes you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years later in terms of you know, who gets the top jobs, who runs the government, who leads, you know, the top charities, the top academic institutions. I and mean, then I think the third reason is that it's good for the universities themselves. You know, universities want to be tapping talent, from all four corners of the UK. No, talent is everywhere. It's just the opportunity isn't. And if universities aren't getting you know, the best people from you no know, West Yorkshire, you no know, Witness, you no know, mm-hmm. Northeast, then they're missing out on some of the brightest people. And that is gonna be bad for them as research institutions. So yeah, three reasons really, social justice making sure that you don't have that gatekeeper effect. I mean, actually making sure universities can leverage
0: talent from everywhere for the good of their Mm. institutions. Do you think then that if, you know, if a platform like Zero Gravity is necessary to, you know, to improve on the front of social justice, you know, improving, you know, the gatekeeping of universities and, you know, like you said, the network building and all, all those sort of opportunities that come along with it, Uh, So, Joe, is it a poor indictment of the current system of secondary schooling in the UK that a platform such as Zero Gravity can be so successful?
1: Yes. So I I wish we lived in a world where a business like Zero Gravity didn't have to exist. But unfortunately, that, that is the world that we do live in. And don't get me wrong. Every single developed economy has an issue social mobility this is not a uk specific problem but the uk does do much worse than comparable countries economists have this really nerdy concept called the intergenerational elasticity of income which sounds really boring but i can assure you it is interesting essentially it's a measure uh, for the degree of um, the amount of your income which can be predicted uh, for how much your parents earned when you were growing up so essentially it's something a measure of that link between your parents' economic success and your future prospects. And on this measure, the UK does pretty badly compared to our sort of comparative countries. And the UK scores at 45%, which essentially means that in the UK, 45% of the income you earned through your lifetime can be predicted by your parents' economic success when you were younger. So if you look at how other countries perform on this measure, Germany's at 30%, Australia's at 25%, Canada. Twenty percent, and the Scandinavian countries, as per usual, do pretty well. The country like Denmark scores at fifteen percent, and that difference is pretty dramatic when you think about it. That's the difference between living in a society where almost half of your lifetime income is driven by your background versus living in a Scandinavian country where very little of it at all is driven by your parents. The UK does pretty badly when it comes to social mobility and should be doing much better. But I, I think things can can change and social mobility is you know, heavily correlated with income inequality but you can create a more mobile society without completely changing your economic uh, structure and just by focusing more on how we make education and access to the workplace the more meritocratic and more equal is a great way to improve social mobility and the UK really should be thinking in a far more radical way about how we level the playing field in education and access to work. Because if we don't do anything, the social mobility is going to continue to remain stagnant. And that's not just bad for people like backgrounds like ourselves. That's bad for the entirety of society, because social mobility is ultimately about utilising talent from everywhere. If you want to be Mm. a country that continues to punch above our weight, that grows the fantastic businesses of tomorrow, the house government that's run in a competent way that drives academic progress. We need to be leveraging talent from everywhere, not just London and the Southeast and the UK's
0: private schools. Mm. So in terms of then who we sort of mark as being, or, or I suppose how the zero gravity al- uh, algorithm marks someone as being someone with the potential, you know, to go on to these higher institutions, these elite careers, I mean, Uh, like, you know, talking from my own personal experience, I was a beneficiary of zero gravity. Um, I was told about it by my progress tutor in my first year of sixth form around, I think, November 2019. However, I was told about it because I was already classed as being a high achiever by my college. So, you know, already in a sense there, I I was already sort of in a club of, uh, you know, of people who the college thought were going to do well. So we'll give them more help to do well, if, if you know what I'm trying to say. So do you think that the service, you know, in its development into the future will want to expand to those who are not classed as such or maybe focus at um, uh, tutoring and helping kids at a younger level? You know, maybe moving between primary into secondary education or, you know, th- those like critical years of, uh, you know, the first few years of secondary education? Sure.
1: So at the moment, we, around them, look for students who are in the sort of bottom 40% of mm. disadvantage, but the top 15% of what we call overperformance. So that is, if you look at someone's you know, academic achievements at school versus their background, how much of an overperformer is that mm. person? So that, that's quite a special audience in a way, because not everyone on our platform has you no know, perfect GCSEs or no mm. GCSE results that look good on paper. We've got lots of students who, on paper, wouldn't necessarily look like you know, the best university applicant or the best job candidate mm. in the world. But if you actually look at their performance in context mm. and compare what they've achieved to like you know, the average person at their school or the average person in their area, that person is a significant overperformer. So, that is where having kind of a data driven algorithm can be a really powerful way to kind of identify talent that otherwise might get missed and Mm. and to give people the confidence that even if they don't have perfect academic grades or even like really good academic grades, that you are still somebody who is super high potential because what you've achieved, given the obstacles you've faced is still Mm. super, super impressive. So so that is where an algorithm is is powerful. I think the second reason why an algorithmic approach is needed is because a lot of people don't identify as low income, disadvantaged, even working class, when they're mm. growing up. No, I know I certainly didn't. know an area like Morley, there's not a huge amount of wealth inequality. The kind of wealth inequality in Morley was like, you know, your friend's dad maybe having a, a BMW or something. But everyone lived a very similar life in terms of you know the kind of house they had, you know where they went mm. to school, their interests. You didn't, you didn't really see these very vivid inequalities in the same way you see them in you know, London and. And other areas. And and that meant growing up I never identified as somebody who was disadvantaged or lacking in opportunity, even though Morley as a place was some it was somewhere where there wasn't very much opportunity. And it was only really after the fact that when I went to university in Oxford and then when I moved to London, that I realized just how constrained uh, Morley was as a place in terms of opportunity. So that's why I think it's so important to have a platform that connects with schools, gets schools to refer their students automatically, because it means that you don't miss out on people because they don't think that they qualify for a service mm. like this. We've now partnered with over 20% of all the state schools in the UK who every single year, they essentially they connect their data system into our platform, our algorithm looks for eligible students and those people get automatically referred. And I think that is a really powerful mechanism to make sure that we're reaching as many talented students as possible, because if we were just advertised as the service for kind of you know, high talent, low income students, there'd be lots of people in the UK who wouldn't necessarily even realize they fall into that kind of basket or, or category. Um, mm. so, so yeah, that is why I think a data driven approach is really, really important.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, the point that you made there about not realizing the obstacles that you had overcame until you sort of, you know, got to the finish line, um, it's something that like, you know, you know, resonates with me anyway. At university here in York, um, you know, there is like, you know, a 93% club uh, you know, society presence on campus because uh states uh state educated kids are underrepresented here at the university. Um, you know, and, and it wasn't until I was sat once at a dinner table with I think nine other people, and I was the only lad who went to a state school at the dinner table. You know, there's a lad who went to Harrow, a lad who went to Eton, you know, a lad who went to you know, Queggs, Whitefield, you know, these other, you know, you know, you know, brilliant schools. Um, you sort of think like, you know, you know, you sort of realise, well, how did I get here, going to just these, just to these state schools? But you know, and 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 that is, it's that you know, highlights you know the importance of, uh, social mobility. So, I mean, I think drawing this uh, interview to a close now what is what's next for you and what's next for zero gravity
1: sure so we want to continue scaling the platform so to date we've mentored over 8000 students from disadvantaged backgrounds into top universities um and we want to continue increasing that number so this year we're on track to mentor an additional 10000 students into wow. top unis if we keep growing at the current rates that would be you know eighteen thousand uh, students into top unis since we we launched so we want to continue scaling that product and increasing the quality you know increasing the quality of mentors the content we deliver you know, the way the platform works we're releasing some new really cool features uh, at the moment we're integrating you know artificial intelligence people get access to uh, you know an AI Uh, coach who can sort of Mm. be there in their pocket at all times to help them with university research and stuff like that. So we want to continue to scale that product. And also, we're doing a lot more now to break people into top careers. Now We're working with some really big employers, HSBC, KPMG, Fidelity. and Essentially, Zero Gravity is now a platform that when you get to university, you can continue on your journey to now break into a a top internship or graduate career, again, by Mm. getting access to a mentor, getting access to really good masterclass content and being part of a membership community of people going on that same journey into the career sector you want to go into. So I really want to continue scaling that product to more students and more employers because if we can really make that as big as our university product, then we're really going to level the playing field when it comes to access to the workplace. And I think this is an area of social mobility, which is maybe a little bit under-discussed. Everyone knows about the issues with top universities when it comes to accessing talent from across the country, but no one really talks about just how you no know, skewed the workplace is. And you know, if you look at a lot of these you no know, top employers in London, you know, your top investment banks, your top law firms, your top consultancy uh, mm-hmm. firms, their, their statistics on um, you no. Know, class background, income backgrounds the areas of the UK are, are really, really poor. Uh, yeah. A lot of them only access talent from London, the Southeast, private schools and Oxbridge, essentially. Yeah. And, and that is a, a terrible state of affairs, not just for individuals from those backgrounds in the UK, but for the firms themselves who aren't able to tap you know, the biggest possible pool of, of talent. A lot mm-hmm. of these companies now have data which shows that their employees from socially mobile backgrounds are their most productive employees so it's a commercial imperative for every single business to be able to do this it's not just a kind of nice thing to do yeah um, or uh or kind of a charitable handout it is a commercial imperative for them so really turning zero gravity into the platform that can propel the top talent from low income backgrounds into careers i think will be a game changer and ultimately if we can do that in the uk why can't we then take it to the world so that is what the next sort of three to five years looks like uh, for us so i'm hoping this is just the end of the beginning uh for zero gravity it's been a crazy crazy journey today scaling from the bedroom to where we are now but we're only just getting started when it comes to really uh driving our mission forward
0: well thank you very much joe and thank you all for listening we'll uh we'll see you next time